Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. Welcome to Women of the Harvest podcast. Get ready for an encouraging message that may not only help equip you, but will help empower you in your plowing. Hey everyone, this is Giovanna with the Women of the Harvest podcast. Today we are going to be touching on the topic of accountability, the importance of accountability. Let's start off in prayer first. Father God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your plans. We thank you for your purpose. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Father God, that you have sent your son to come and redeem us from sin, to come and redeem us from the pit of hell, to come and redeem us, sanctify us, and call us yours. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are within us. You are the down payment. You are the gift. You are the promise that leads us, that teaches us, that equips us, that renews us, that does the great work. And so we just pray, Holy Spirit, we magnify you today. We step aside and we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come invade this teaching, come and invade our minds, come and invade our hearts so that we can receive what you are releasing today, what you are touching on today, what you are highlighting today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we bless you. Amen. Accountability. The importance of accountability. This topic is so important and it might not be touched on as it should be, especially for women. Over the years and still today, I've learned and I'm still learning the importance of accountability. Now, I'm not sure about your background, but a lot of us, we grow up with this independent mindset. We walk around with this mindset and this attitude that we don't, that we do what we want, number one, and number two, we don't need to tell anyone what we're struggling with. And those things, let me tell you, are an open door for Satan. It's so important for us to have accountability. First of all, the mindset of us doing what we want is not biblical. It's not from God. It only opens the door for rebellion. It it really is the mindset of rebellion. We don't feel like we need to submit to anyone. And, you know, this attitude is something that we pick up. This attitude is something that I picked up. I didn't feel like I had to tell anyone anything. I didn't have, I did what I want. I didn't have to run it by anyone. I didn't have to run it by my parents. I didn't have to run it by my sister. I didn't have to run it by anyone. And so when I came into Christ, I had that same mindset. We come into Christ with the same mindset. 
I don't need to tell you anything. I do what I want. If I feel like I need to do this, then I'm going to do that. And I, I'm not going to tell you what I'm struggling with because you're only going to judge me. And I need to have this facade and this appearance that I'm strong. A lot of us women, we grow up with the need to be strong, to put on this facade that everything is okay. We have no weakness. We're, we're, we're powerful women. And that's okay. We can be powerful, but we all have a moment of weakness. And in that weakness, God, he strengthens us. He shows himself in that area. So the first mindset, we do what we want, is rebellion. The second one is we don't need to tell anyone what we're going through. Pride. Oh, when the Lord revealed this. When you don't feel like you have to tell anyone what you're going through, it's either because you feel like, you know, you don't want, you just have this, like, again, the facade. You want to, you want to put up this wall that everything is okay. But in reality, you don't want to admit your weakness. You don't want to admit where you're struggling. You don't want to admit where you are hurting. And you're afraid that people will look at you a different way. Maybe they won't respect you the same way. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll look down upon you. And these are all just lies from the enemy because the Lord has created us to be in fellowship. To be a family. To be accountable for one another. Let me tell you that there is so much power and so much freedom in confession. We all know the scripture, James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. This scripture holds so much power. We read this scripture, but we don't even understand the power of confession. It breaks, it literally breaks the power of darkness. You ever been in a moment or in, this, in, this, in a situation where you feel like you can't speak to anyone? And it's, it's killing you inside to tell someone. And the moment that you actually release it, it's like this, the, the, the light begins to shine. The clouds begin to depart and light just comes through. That is the healing that the scripture was talking about. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. That confession, that moment of vulnerability, that moment of humility, that moment of brokenness can allow the Holy Spirit to move because pride and rebelling, uh, rebellion is no longer operating. He will heal you. He will restore you. And, you know, sometimes it's an automatic deliverance. Sometimes you still have to come to that place of confession. We hold on to so many things. We hold on to so much as women. I mean, the Lord has truly given us strength. But sometimes we go on our own strength. And we fail to give it to the Lord. We fail to be vulnerable and give it to those around us. Now, it doesn't mean just go ahead and just begin to spew out and just with no filter and just just, you know, release it like they're a punching bag and just continue to just release. No, that's not. There's boundaries. And we'll go, we'll go into that. But right now we're talking about the confession. The power of confession. The power of accountability. 
Now, when I say confess, when the Bible says confess yourself, it doesn't mean just look for anyone. Don't look for a stranger because that stranger will probably not, they won't be able to give you anything. You know, your brothers and your sisters might not be able to give you the spiritual counsel that you need. But the Lord sends us accountability. And sometimes he sends the accountability to us. We have to be able to be awakened and alert alert to those who are around us. Those who are really caring for our well-being. Those who really want us to grow in the Lord. There are people out there who will only seek to kill, sin, and destroy. They will take that, that, that gossip. They will take your weakness and run with it and bash your knee. But then there are those who are truly sent from the Lord, who are willing to lift you up, who will not judge you, who will pray for you, who will walk with you. This is the accountability that I'm talking about. This is the accountability that the Lord wants to send your way. This is the accountability that the Lord wants to rise in you. See, but in order for you to be accountable to someone or be accountable for someone, you have to be able to submit yourself onto someone else. If you can't humble yourself enough to bring yourself into a place of submission, then how will you be accountable for someone else? There's a process, ladies. There's a process we have to go through. Let's go to Ezra chapter 10. Man, when I saw this scripture, let me tell you, it was a twofold. Amazing, 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 amazing twofold scripture. Ezra chapter 10. It says, while Ezra prayed and confessed, weeping and falling face down before the house of God, an extremely large assembly of Israelite men, women, and children gathered around him. The people also wept bitterly. Then Shechaniah, son of Jehiel, an Elamite, responded to Ezra, We have been unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women from the surrounding peoples. But there is still hope for Israel in spite of this. Let us therefore make a covenant before our God to send away all the foreign wives and their children according to the counsel of my Lord and those who tremble at the command of our God. Let it be done according to the law. Get up, for this matter is your responsibility and we support you. Be strong and take action. Then Ezra got up and made the leading priests, Levites, and all Israel took an oath to do what had been asked. So they took the oath. Ezra went from the house of God and walked to the chamber of Je- Jehonanan, son of Elishabib, where she spent where he spent the night. He did not eat food or drink water because he was mourning over the unfaithfulness of the exiles. Guys, I am sorry if I slaughtered those names. Let me tell you, I probably did. You're probably wondering why how does this have to do with the accountability? Look closely. Shechaniah went to Ezra and confessed. From there, so the first step was the confession. He realized 
that he was struggling with something. He realized that what he did, taking these wives from these foreign, land, foreign lands, had brought forth a destruction, not only to him, but to those around him. So he confessed himself to Ezra. He humbled himself and said, Ezra, I am, I, I admit, I made a mistake. I took these wives from foreign countries, from foreign lands, and I brought them. No family movie night is complete without some delicious ice-cold Coke. Pick up Coca-Cola at your nearest retailer today. Into, into the place of Israel. That was the first step he confessed. From there, what happened? All the, all the wives, all the foreign wives, and all their kids were sent away from them. Those things that they made a covenant with were dismissed because of the confession. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying through the power of accountability, through the power of confession. Those things that you came in agreement with in the darkness, those things that you've agreed to when people weren't around, those gods that you might have submitted yourself to, those foreign wives, those foreign things, those, those demons, those mindsets, those people that you submitted yourself to in the darkness, when you go ahead and confess those things into the your accountable person, your, to your accountability, those things begin to flee. The Bible says flee from temptation and it will go flee. And that is exactly what happened here. The moment, the moment that Shechaniah came and confessed his sins to Ezra, they all were dismissed. They were all began to vanish. And therefore, what happened? They remembered the covenant with God. Their covenant with God began to be restored because they confessed. Do you understand that when you don't confess your sins to your accountability, that there is a wall. They cannot do anything. Those who are over you cannot move unless you confess. There's a time where the Lord will have them go in and take you out. But there is a time where you have to admit that you want out. There's a time where you have to come and humble yourself and say, I am struggling with this and I need your help. We have to be able to be vulnerable with those around us. I'm telling you because I'm speaking from experience that we must appreciate those who have the Lord has sent to be accountable for us. It's a twofold. So the first fold was the, the sheep, the one who needed the accountability, went to the person that was accountable for them, Ezra, and said, hey, I'm struggling. I messed up. I need you to help me make it right. Then the leader Ezra, in turns, what did he do? He went before the Lord for three days, prayed and fasted. Prayed for the restoration of Shechaniah and fasted. This is what in turn the leader, your accountable person, should be doing. And vice versa. Now, there are things that we, that, that our accountability will have over us, and there are things that they might ask for accountability on, but don't be offended if they don't ask for your accountability on certain things. 
because they have their own accountability for accountability. But pray for them. Appreciate them. Be grateful for those who have the Lord has sent to be accountable for you because it is a work, ladies. It's a work. I mean, these 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 leaders, they have to sit here and they have to deal with things. They have to deal with our attitudes. They have to deal with our mindsets for a certain time. You know, not many will do that. But those who have the Lord has set to be accountable over you will go ahead. They will sacrifice their time to, to minister to you, to pray for you, to sow into you in the spirit. Let's look at some scriptures on accountability. Daniel 6, 2 says, excuse me, Daniel 6, 2, 1 through 4 says, with three administrators over them, one whom Daniel was, okay, let me read that again. Daniel 6, 2, 1 through 4, with three administrators over them, one whom was Daniel, the state traps were accountable to them. I'm just giving you scriptures that there is accountability. So here, Daniel was accountable for someone, the satraps. Ezekiel 34.10. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock. I'm showing you the importance of the accountability that we must have over people when that time comes. And the importance for us having an accountable person, someone we're accountable to. Scriptures 30, excuse me, Deuteronomy 18, 19. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words, that the prophet speaks in my name. Wow. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words, that the prophet speaks in my name. How many of us have prophets as accountability? As our accountability? I do. And let me tell you, it is no joke. But sometimes we get so caught up in the person that we forget that God is actually speaking through them. Remember that when you have someone over you, it is not necessarily them that is speaking. It is God leading them that should be leading them and instructing them to give you the counsel, to give you the wisdom that you need in your life, in your spiritual walk. So let me give you some important factors on accountability. The first one, you have to communicate. How important is communication? Communication is not just a one-way street. It's a two-way street. If they're reaching out to you and you're not telling them, then that's not their fault. It's yours. It's a two-way street. The Lord will speak to them and let them know, hey, such and such is going through this. Reach out to them. They reach out to you and you're not communicating with them it's not on their head. It's on ours. Because that was the open door. That was the opportunity for us to confess ourselves, to break ourselves out of that bondage. Communicate 
with those around you. Communicate with those who are sent to be your accountability. Humble yourself. Number two, be honest. Oh, how many times I done hit some stuff. I'm going to be real. I have nothing to hide. I am not perfect. I am still learning. But I'm going to tell you, when you are not honest with yourself, you cannot be honest with others. And therefore, you keep yourself in this place of bondage. Be honest. Be honest. Your leader, your accountable person, your accountability should not be in a place of judgment, but in a place of understanding. Will they be frustrated? Yeah, I'm sure they will. Why? Because they long and desire to you for you to be mature and to walk in the things of the Lord. But they will never, they should never bring you to a place where you're feeling condemned, where they're making you feel low. They should always bring you to that place of restoring you back to God, as Ezra did for Shechaniah. Be honest. Be honest, ladies. Honesty is the best policy. That's what they say. Because when we don't operate in honesty, we're operating in lies and deception. And therefore, we're coming into agreement with Satan. We're acting like everything is all good. We're being hypocritical. We're being religious. We're acting like everything is fine and dandy when in reality we're struggling with something inside. There's so much power when you are honest with someone, when you're honest with those who are sent to be a a, a covering accountability over your life. I am telling you from experience, be vulnerable. The third important factor, be vulnerable. If you feel like you need to cry, if you feel like whatever, you need to just lay it out. Lay it on the table. Honesty and vulnerability, come in, they're pretty much the same thing. So they come hand in hand. Be open to vulnerability with the right people with the right people. Don't just go around being vulnerable to everyone because the wrong person will use your vulnerability and completely come in with their Jezebelic spirit and just try to manipulate and control you. No, that's not of God. If accountability is is controlling you, then you might have to pray. You don't have, you might not have to pray. You have to pray. I pray for them that the Lord will reveal to them that they're operating in control and pray if this person who is over you should really be your accountability. Were, were, were they sent from the Lord? Accountable, accountability, those who are accountable over you will help you in your spiritual walk. Write this down. This is what they're sent to do. Their help, they will help you in your spiritual walk. Are you praying? Are you fasting? Are you in relationship with God? This is their primary focus. Their primary focus is for them to know, to 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 know without a doubt that you are praying, that you are fasting, and that you're in a relationship with God. This is the first thing that that your accountability will seek. And if you're accountable over someone right now, this is the first thing that you should be doing 
with the person you are accountable for? Are they praying? Is their intimacy with the Lord evident? Are they fasting? And then the second thing they will be accountable for is your personal life. Now, again, they're not sent to control and make decisions for you. What they are sent to do is to lead you down the right path. God doesn't force our wills. He doesn't take our will and say, this is what you have to do. No, a spiritual leader, a spirit, your spiritual accountability should not do the same. But if they see that you are deterring from the will of the Lord, they will lead you back into the narrow path and say, okay, you strayed here. I need you to come back, realign yourself with the Lord and lead you that way. They will be in your business. They will want to know, you know, the choices you're making, whether it be financially, whether it be, you know, emotionally, who are you in a relationship with? Who are you, you know, who are you around? Who are you seeking? Like, you know, what friendships do you have around you? Again, it's not to control, but to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people who will edify you, who we, who will equip you, who will encourage you. Because your accountability, remember, they're pouring into you. The leaders that are over you, they're pouring into you. So they want to make sure that their work that they're doing, you know, the time that they're investing into you is not being choked up by some demonic religious spirits that you're surrounding with, by some worldly carnal people. So if you see that they're, you know, man, like this person's really, like really just really in, in my stuff. Don't be offended. That's just them showing that they care, that they want you to be mature, that they want you to walk in your fullness. Now, this is a short teaching, but it's so good because it's so important. I'm just going to give you a couple of more pointers and then I'm going to end. Understand that those who are over you that there must be boundaries. Don't feel offended if they're not always available for you. If they're not always, you know, picking up your every phone call, answering your every text message. You know, because some of us, we can get real needy. I know I can get real needy. Like, I need to know, like, I need your help, but we, I, I, there's things that I need to know and I need to know right away. And we can't do that. We can't have that mindset. We have to be able to understand that there is boundaries, that there is boundaries that the leader, that your person who is accountable for you must set boundaries. Why? To maintain the honor, to maintain the respect. So understand that with accountability, again, if there is someone that you are accountable for, set the boundaries. This is a two-way. This is a two-way teaching, ladies. It's not just people who are over you but if you are over someone if you are accountable for someone then take these lessons learn them live by them set the boundaries because if you don't set those boundaries then it would always be a give a take 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 relationship 
and you will never have that boundary for them to understand that, hey, I'm here for you, but you also have God. A lot of the times we tend to idolize those who are over us, forgetting that we have a God of the universe who knows all the answers. We have to learn to balance. Our accountability will not always lead us to themselves, but lead us to Jesus. That is their job, to continue to lead us to God. So with that being say, said, remember, your, your accountability does not go before God. Anything that's before God is idolatry. Don't forget that the person is God's vessel in which he speaks through. Those boundaries are set so that you can remember that they are a vessel of God. That they were sent from the Lord so that you again can honor and respect and appreciate what they are giving. Again, accountability will always point you to Jesus. These are the three things. Okay, so first we said that they will, they're they're concerned about your spiritual walk and your personal life. These are their concerns. Now, accountability will always point you in a direction. The first one is point you to Jesus. The second one is they'll point out the blind spots. They will point out those things that we cannot see. You see, the soul is so accustomed to the things that of the world, like our fleshy desires, our emotional desires. That, And so we think that it's normal. We think that the things that we do, the things that we speak, the way that we think, the way that we act is normal. But our accountability will show us, hey, that's not God. That's not his ways of thinking. That's not aligning with the Bible. It ain't Jesus. So they will point out the blind spots. It's important because we are not perfect. And the last thing, they will point us to maturity. They will bring forth the maturity out of us. You know, sometimes our accountability will make us feel uncomfortable. They will make us feel challenged. They will, I mean, sometimes we'll, we'll be just upset. Like, no, they just didn't. But that's just the truth. The truth hurts. The gospel is offensive. It is meant to offend us. It is meant to step on our toes. It is meant to, to reveal to us and expose our sinful nature. It is not meant to tickle our ears ears and, and, and fancy us. It is not meant for that. And so your accountability should be doing just the same. Stepping on some toes. Exposing some things. Bringing forth maturity. Why? Because when we operate in maturity, we lack nothing. That is their goal. That is the the purpose of accountability, to bring forth the maturity of Christ so that in turn, we can be accountable to others. We can't be accountable for others when we're still immature. And so they will lead us to Jesus, number one. Number two, they will point out our blind spots. And number three, they will pull out, they will bring forth the maturity of Christ. And so I close with this, with just, A couple of pointers. Women, do not run from the people who correct you. 
Do not run from the people who rebuke you. Jesus did it to Peter on several occasions. But guess what? It brought forth the apostle in Peter. It brought forth a strength and unwavering faith that caused him to die for the sake of the gospel. So when you feel confronted, when you're confronted with things regarding yourself from your accountability, don't be mad. Don't be offended. Embrace it. Because God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. It is God's kindness. Romans 2. It is God's kindness that is operating through your accountability so that we can come to a place of confession, so that we can come to a place of repentance. It is his kindness. How is it his kindness? Because if it wasn't kind, if it wasn't his kindness, he will leave us there. He'll say they made their bed, let them lie in it. No. He's saying, because of my mercy, because of my love, because of my kindness, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show your accountability what's going on because you can't see it. We're not called to know everything. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Why am I having a hard time saying this word? We sharpen each other. And that's what they are sent forth to do. Embrace it. Don't reject it. Imagine if Peter would have been offended by Jesus. We don't even know where Peter would have ended up. You know? And so, but God knows all things. So in closing, pray that God will send forth the accountability, the right person, the person that is concerned for your spiritual well-being, the person that will lead you to Jesus, the person that truly sees and hears from God. Honor them, pray for them, and especially be grateful for them. Now, don't get me wrong, there's going to be times where your accountability will challenge you and you will be just... You will feel like you're discouraged, but in reality, when you look at it closely, you'll see the grace of God. You'll see his mercy. You'll see his love, and you'll learn to appreciate those who are around you, who are sent for your well-being. And so I end with this. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, that the Lord will send you someone to be accountable for you, who will lead you to the Lord, who will lead you in the right direction, who will tend to you, who will care for you, who will pray for you. And I pray that you would have a heart to be submitted, to be vulnerable, to be honest to those who are sent for your well-being, who are sent to be accountable for you. I pray that a spirit of humility will come forth and that pride will be casted down in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Lord. Father God, I pray 
that you would send forth accountable people and that you would rise us up in maturity so that we too can learn to be accountable for others. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you. I bless you. May the Lord protect you, shine upon you, and just lead you to all understanding and all truth. In Jesus' mighty name. Tune in to our upcoming podcast. We are going to continue to teach. We are going to continue to equip. We are going to continue to edify you, ladies. If you have any suggestions, anything you want to learn on, anything you need, inbox us, email us, office at isaiah60.org. Office, O-F-F-I-C-E, at isaiah60.org. Let us know. If, you, if you're in need of accountability, we'll pray for you. We'll pray and see if even we're called to be accountable for you. That's what we're here for, for each other. And so I end. Have a good night, ladies. Have a good morning. Have a good afternoon, whatever time frame you are tuning in from. Stay blessed. It's time for pumpkin flavors and new fall favorites at Dunkin'. And also some tough decisions. Like, do I want a signature pumpkin spice ice latte? A brand new oat milk latte? A new chai latte? Or a pumpkin iced coffee? Oh, and the bakery. Do I want a pumpkin donut? Or uh, There are other people behind you in this drive-thru. Oh, uh, I'll just take it all. Okay. It's all the cozy you crave at Dunkin'. Pumpkin favorites and new fall additions. Like new creamy without the dairy oat milk lattes and the signature pumpkin spice ice latte, plus more. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. It's home to thousands of students working together with faculty to advance our careers, change our careers, or finally earn our degree. My classroom is just like every Penn State classroom because it's getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more.